Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Let's talk about this really amazing documentary. Uh, It's called uh, Art and Craft. Mark Landis is the subject of this documentary. He's been called one of the most prolific art forgers in U.S. history. His impressive body of work uh, spans over 30 years, covering a wide range of painting styles and periods. It includes 15th century icons, Picasso, Walt Disney, Charlie Brown, Dr. Seuss. Uh, It is amazing what this man was able to do. While these copies could have fetched impressive sums of money on the uh, open market, Landis isn't in it for the money. He poses as a philanthropic donor, a grieving ex- executor of a, a, a family member's will, and, and also a Jesuit priest to give these works of art uh, to these different uh, art institutions, including museums all over the country. Anyway, it is really something. We're gonna we have with us today the co-directors of this film, Art and Craft, and that would be Sam Coleman and Jennifer Grousman. Welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, to, um, let's let's go. Uh, how did you find out about Mark Landis? I'll start with you, uh, Jennifer. What was the sort of how did how did he come into your life? I read an article in the New York Times in 2011, and it was one of those articles that you sort of tear out of the paper and put in a drawer and then can't stop thinking about. Um, And so after I'd been mulling it over for a week, wondering why there was this art forger who was just giving away his fakes, um, I showed the article to Sam and our co-director and editor, Mark Becker, and they were both equally as intrigued as I was, and so I called Matthew Leininger, who was sort of the focus of the Times article, and he was open to Sam and myself coming down to film with him, and once we were there, you know, we had a great interview with Matt, but it became clear we had to find Mark Landis, and so we spent the next uh, couple months getting in touch with him and spending time with him on the phone and sending him our film so he could vet us, and then he invited us down to film in May of 2011. Sam, describe sort of, in the introduction, basically, he he was a prolific art forger. Tell me, uh, tell our audience a little bit about, I'd love to know your initial face-to-face meeting with Mark, and describe him for our audience, uh, what sort of the physical physical nature of him, but just sort of what was what is he like as a person, and what was your first encounter like with him? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mark was, uh, you know, actually surprisingly immediately engaging and really very open in ways that we hadn't expected for a man in his position. You know, uh, when we uh, finally got to meet him and, and start filming, it was really at the beginning of uh, of what would become, you know, his exposure in the press and the media and, um, you know, the potential that this uh, ruse of his uh, could no longer uh, happen was was definitely in the air. And so we thought he'd be more cagey, but he really wasn't. He wanted to talk uh, about what it was he had did. And, you know, the first shoot we were filming him making copies, and by the next shoot we were we were filming him giving them away. Um, yeah. Mark is uh, was surprisingly inc- enga- you know also incredibly engaging and open and uh, you know we had heard a lot that he might not be and that he um, might be this or that and you know what we soon realized was that the our, our goal had to be you know 
why would a guy do this? Um, yeah. and, and to truly try and explain uh, to people the sort of complex motivations and uh, reasoning why why Mark would you know perpetrate this thirty year ruse. Jennifer, I don't. I explain an art forgery. Let's really get into this sort of the um, motif of the film, which is is Mark and. Talk to us about his sort of skill set, and then what was it? Try to fess out his sort of desire to to give these paintings away. That we'll talk about. Talk about sort of. <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, what is it? What is it that he did? Let's let's start there. So, excuse me. Um, so Mark, you know, has been making copies of paintings. He he started in 1985, actually making his own. Uh, Maynard Dixon, which means he, instead of copying an actual painting, he did a painting in the style of signed his name, took it to a museum in in Oakland, and you know presented it as a gift that he was as a proper uh, Maynard Dixon that he was donating, mm-hmm. and so he um, he basically was so treated so well there that he then, you know, as he says, became addicted to being a philanthropist and continued to make copies of paintings, you know, often smaller paintings or drawings that he could carry with him of either lesser-known works of great artists or lesser-known artists and, you know, take them to donate to regional museums all over the U.S. And And he did that for 30 years. Yeah, and and let's kind of describe this, that he... These were not small institutions. Uh, how many uh, museums did he give uh, paintings to? Do we have a number? Well, we don't know exactly. I mean, um, Matthew Leininger, who, who tracked him down, has amassed uh, a list of 46 museums that he has verified. Um, and so we can say for sure that is the case. But having spent all this time with Mark uh, in the course of making this documentary, we know that there are some institutions that Matt doesn't know about, and you know, frankly, uh, it's a, uh, one of the surprises was how much, uh, how little Mark actually documented uh, his his you know philanthropic sprees. They're they're really uh, you know the only reason why we know there's others that Matt has yet to find is because um, occasionally Mark would keep letters, thank you letters from the museums, um, you know, uh, thanking him for his donations. Well, there was even, was it at one point a museum, I forgot which museum, was going to dedicate a wing to his father? What was that? What when was that? There was a sketch in right. the film. Yeah. Who was that? Yeah, so Mark, as he would say, uh, gets carried away um, <laughs> by the the act of, of, you know, taking on this persona of the philanthropist. And um, he, he, he would often get carried away, and in more than one occasion there were, uh, promises of endowments and extra wings to museums, and um, in at least two occasions that we know about, architectural sketches and uh, and drawings were were done up, uh, sort of in response to the largesse that he had promised. And clearly, nothing came to be because there were there was no money there to to do it. Now, Jennifer, th- there is, and help me out here, a sort of this sort of window of opportunity that that Mark had. It uh, seemed like, uh, it, I may describe this incorrectly, so help me out, that oftentimes mm-hmm. when you'd see a, a masterwork of a, of a great painter, there were often different versions of these works. Or mm-hmm. And so was that part of the, his 
ability to, did that feed into his ability to fool people in museums that 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 what they were looking at was a different version of something that they were more familiar with how was it what was the main reason he was able to fool these people in these museums in your opinion i mean i think some of the fakes are very very good you know they're varying degrees over the years um and so that's part of it. And then <clears throat> I think the other part is because a, a lot of the museums were smaller and sort of cash-strapped and, you know, understaffed. And so when a gift is given yeah. in, there isn't the same kind of scrutiny mm-hmm. as there is when there's when it's an acquisition. Gotcha. And there are actually tons of fakes in museums all over the U.S. I think the Met has something like 40% of their collection are fakes. Just because of people get fakes into the collections, they donate them to the museum. And no one really knows they sit in a storeroom for years, you know. Um, And so, you know, in some cases it was that. In some cases the museums figured it out in a couple of hours. In some cases it took six months. You know, it was varying for all the different museums. And I think for Mark, he doesn't really know. He just wanted to sort of get in and out of the interaction without anyone getting mad at him. (laughs) And so (laughs) as long as he got out without getting busted, uh, you know, he, he felt a success with the interaction, you know, and he was just really happy to be meeting people and be given this respect that, um, you know, he hadn't found before in his life. In this last couple minutes, uh, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the directors, co-directors. You're also along with, uh, I want to mention Mark Becker as well as credit for the as co-director but we're joined uh, today by with Sam, by Sam Coleman and Jennifer Grousman. Now, um, and, and you're also tonight, tomorrow night, uh, you're going to be at the New Art Theater in Los Angeles. You're going to be there for a Q&A uh, tonight at seven, yes. the 7.30 show, and you're going to be introducing the 9.45 showing of Art and Craft, as well as on Saturday. looks like you're doing the same thing on Saturday, 7.30, and then introducing the 9.45 show. Um, exactly. And, and, and New Art, go to the New Art. It's such a great place to see films. The people there are just so wonderful to be around. Uh, they love film. Uh, so you'll both be there tonight. So we'll be there for two weeks, too. Yes. Oh, and it'll, okay. And I, we're just scratching the surface. What an interesting and fascinating man that Mark Landis is, and also this sort of relationship, if that's the right way to put it, with him and Mark Leninger. Am I, am I saying that correctly? It's Matthew Leninger. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. Uh, and then also uh, kind of the uh, uh, another whole layer of this is the uh, the gentleman from the Cincinnati uh, Museum. Um, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Aaron Cohen. Yes, and in the film, you you had extraordinary access. This is the thing that I was so impressed by. Uh, obviously, M- Mark was willing to let you into his life, but everybody involved seemed to have uh, opened their doors to you and and giving you the access you needed to really put this different pieces of this together. And even at the end of it, I really wonder about as much as he reveals about himself mark is still a bit of an enigma um jennifer what was what do you what do you take away from the the time you spent with with mark landis what what's your sense of him i mean <clears throat> he is charming he's surprisingly funny he has an amazing sense of humor which i think infuses the film yeah um and he's kind of brilliant you know he knows more about film and television and art and history than most people i know he was constantly you know chastising me for not knowing these obscure 1930s films and i think he has a really you know 
he's mischievous, but he has a good heart. And I think, you know, I think you're right. He is a bit of an enigma, but <clears throat> I think you also, everyone sort of has a different reaction to him who yeah. sees the movie. So I think there's, it's really like an interactive process between the audience and the film to get to know Mark. And we tried to create the film in a way so that you would be uncovering who Mark was as like Sam and I and Mark were as we got to know him through the filmmaking process. Yeah, this is a wonderful film. It really, truly is. It's a very, very good documentary told in such a entertaining way. And the, I, like I said, the access, the story itself, really, really well done. And uh, congratulations to both of you uh, on the work. Uh, again, I want to let our listeners Thanks. know. Yeah, I really, truly, I really thoroughly enjoyed this. It's, it's just, I, I'm just blown away by his artistic, you know, his ability to draw. And, it, you know, people are encouraging him in the film to go ahead and do his own work. Is he doing more of that now, uh, Sam? He is. Um, it's uh, sort of a surprising outcome of our film. So okay. uh, part of what Mark is dealing with, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as we were filming was this... Uh, this exposure, uh, the fact that he may no longer be able to set foot in a museum yeah. anymore, and, and no matter what you feel about uh, what he has done, and obviously many people are upset about what he has done, uh, it, it was something that gave him a lot of meaning and purpose in his life. And um, one of the surprising things that has come out in the wake of all this exposure in media, and, and now our film, uh, is that people are starting to know about Mark, and they're seeking him out, and they, uh, they want to encourage him to do work, uh, and, you know, it started with uh, folks in town uh, taking commissions um, to do, uh, asking him to commission to do portraits of grandchildren and maybe a Monet. And um, yeah. and now there's actually a website that uh, we have worked with uh, Colette Lal, an art forgery expert, to um, uh, to help make. Uh, and Colette's really spearheaded it. Um, and, and it's called MarkLandisOriginal.com. Okay. Uh, excuse me, MarkLandisOriginal, singular, not plural. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and that's so that people, as they hear his story, can go, uh, can go, uh, uh mission, have, have works of, of, uh, get works from Mark as well. Very, well, very good. Uh, that's great to hear. You can also go to, to your website, which is artandcraftfilm.com, to find out all of the screenings and all the information about it. And I'm so, uh, happy to have you on Film School today. Uh, check them out tonight at the and tomorrow night at the uh, New Art uh, for the 7:30 screening for a Q and A and introduction for the 9:45 screening. Um, thank you so much for being here, uh, Sam Coleman and Jennifer Grousman on Film School. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so for much. having us. Take care. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.